studies aren't cheap, but the information they provide is incredibly valuable. That's what we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. And me, Ariel Nissenblatt. Thanks to Magellan AI for sponsoring this article. Monetizing your podcast doesn't have to be so hard. Magellan AI can show you how to put your show in front of top advertisers. Go to Magellan.ai for more information. All right, Brian, welcome to your show. Welcome to our show. Welcome to our show. <laughs> how are I you? get how such was... great feedback about you being part of this show. It's uh, It makes me so happy. Everybody tells me that they enjoy how you break this down and make it Aww. way more palatable. Appreciate that, everybody. Thank you. So how was your Thanksgiving in Barletteville? <laughs> it, it was really good. So we, we don't have a lot of family close by. My son is a picky eater. My wife is a little bit of a picky eater and the youngest doesn't eat food yet. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> we, of course, bought for three people and I ate for three people. Nice. I'm really excited about that. I, I really enjoyed everything I ate and how many days I got to pull it over. <laughs> like it was uh, it was good. How about you? I, too, am a picky eater. I drove down to Florida to visit my grandpa with my mom and dad, and it was awesome. Felt like a kid sitting in the back seat. I got to listen to podcasts a lot, so I caught up on so many shows that I haven't listened to in a long time and then discovered some new ones, so I will be tweeting about them. So if you follow me, you'll get all of that information. I think there is so much incredible podcast content out there, and I was excited to re-engage with it. I love a road trip. I think that's really cool. One of the things that that I've been doing inspired by you was to try and listen to one to two new shows a week. And somehow I fell into doing it a day lately. And I've just gotten over the fact that I don't need to like learn something from every podcast. I can simply be entertained. And I, I listened to the superhero episode for Meet Cute, which was pretty neat. I listened to Midnight Burger, which I'm obsessed with. I've listened to almost the whole first season. I'm seriously What's going to about? buy a shirt. Oh my God. It's a, it's a interdimensional. Name. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a diner that exists out of time and space. And every day at 6 PM, when it opens its doors, it's in a new place. It could what be a in a different idea. world. Yeah. It's, wow. it's really, really well done. And, and I love it. We should probably do it for one of the cover arts for one of the newsletter okay. articles. Yeah. Yeah. I've been listening. I'll just shout out one of the shows, Lauren Passell of podcast, the newsletter told me about The Ballad of Billy Balls, which came out like three years ago, but I'm listening now and it's so beautifully done. It's such a great show and it has a plot twist right in the beginning that I wasn't expecting. At first I was like, why am I listening to this? It's good, but it's not totally engaging. And then all of a sudden you're like, bam. And then you're like, whoa, that's why I'm listening to this. I love shows like that. Heck yeah. And that's my cliffhanger. So let's get into this week's episode. Well, first of all, Last week, we did not put out a new episode. We put out a re-release of the Marcus DePaula episode that was about microphone technique and the importance of sound quality because Barlettaville was sick and Ariel was in, that's me, Ariel was in Florida and we did not put out a new episode, but definitely check out that episode. It is worth a listen or a re-listen. But today, welcome to the data episode, listeners. You've got Gabriel Soto on the show from Edison Research. How did you meet Gabriel in the first place? So Tom introduced him to me, uh, Tom Webster of Edison Research. And it was really cool because they started to expand this year. I believe maybe it was last year, but I, I really became aware of it this year for the Latino podcast survey. And, and they did the Black Listener survey this year, too. And Edison is really exploring different ways to look at these audiences. And Gabe... My understanding is that Gabe kind of, you know, pitched this idea, really yeah. was passionate about it, made it happen. And that was so exciting to get to learn from him about it. The article he wrote 
was so fun and so passionate and you know you could just feel it in there and having him on the podcast to talk about the article to talk about the report uh, it, it was awesome it was it was meeting another really cool person who truly is just excited about this space and is happy to share his excitement yeah it sounds like his first job out of college was at edison research and he loves data he got into edison research to do data and then he was like, wait a minute, I love podcasts. And what can I do? How can I imprint on this in this company? How can I take on a project that's my own? And that's this. And you're going to hear all about that in this interview. Brian, talk a little bit about the structure of Edison Research. Did they start off doing podcast research or was it a broader scope? Well, they've been doing audio for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so Edison does like the exit polls uh, for the election. Right. Wow. They're, I didn't they're know that. Huge. Oh, yeah. And they're not a big team. You know, if you talk to Tom about it, like I, I think it's around 25 people and they, they all bust their butt on this stuff. They're all really yeah. passionate about data. They do a bunch of different things. And they're every time they open their mouth, the data has to be accurate. Right. They can't make guesses. They are under right. more scrutiny because it's a survey and everybody wants to poke holes in it. But I mean, we can poke holes in any data, but they're yeah, they, they focused on um, audio for a long time. They do the exit polls and then podcasting became a big thing for them and, and became a big thing in the infinite dial. And uh, I forget what year it goes back to, but what's really cool is you can trace back. You can go read the old reports that cover podcasting and the share of year and all, all these different things. To me, Edison is the center of neutral research in the podcasting space. They do have products they sell, but I've never felt like any of their data was put there with the expectation that you're going to buy. It's like they, they want you to learn from it and better yourself from it. And then they're available. But you can I, I think 90 percent of the companies in podcasting probably don't interact directly with them. But based all of their sales decks, all of right. their pitches to investors, all their pitches to advertisers around data that comes out of Edison. So I hope they start reaching out more. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel wrote an article for Sounds Profitable that came out in early October, and it was called Why to Invest and Advertise in the Latino Podcast Segment. So, Brian, why don't you set up your conversation with Gabriel, and then we'll jump into it. So let's dive into this week's episode with Gabriel Soto, Director of Research at Edison Research. So, Gabe, thank you so much for writing a guest article for Sounds Profitable. I'm very happy to be able to provide that spotlight as much as possible because there are so many people out there that have really cool points of views and work for really smart companies. And 90% of the time, it feels like they're kind of forced to just sell every time they talk. But this one, this guest article, you know, it really hit close to home for you. It's something that you're passionately working on and it's a product that you built. But the whole study, the whole focus of it was just, it was so smart. And so the the Latino listener study and non-listener study, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about like when that started for the listener study and what inspired it. Yeah, so that's gotta go way back to 2017 when I first started straight out of college, started at Edison Research. The first time I heard about a podcast was actually through Edison being the, the experts in research that we are. I started listening to this podcast called Latino USA. And if you, if you haven't heard of it, check it out. Um, it used to be on NPR. Now they work with PRX for its distributions created by Futuro Media um, and has a wonderful host, Maria Hinojosa. And what they cover is a bunch of information and news 
deep dive stories into Latino culture, Latino communities that you might have not even heard of down in Alabama, where to get the best tacos in Atlanta, stuff like that. And, you know, I felt like Latinos being the protagonist in these stories, somehow it was something that filled a void for me that I couldn't find on TV, movies, you know, there isn't really a Latino superhero, at least during my time that I could think of. So a podcast really did fill that void. And I thought, wow, this is great. Like, like this is the stuff that's missing out there. And I always wanted that to happen with TV and in movies. But because I have these resources at Edison, I had the opportunity two years later to go out to podcast movement for the first time yeah. in 2019. I'm not sure if you were there. It was in Orlando. So I I thought I saw Tom on stage for the first time. Tom Webster, if you got you, most of your audience probably knows who I he hope is. So, yeah. <laughs> A little <laughs> um, cooler and, than me. And it's, that kind of inspired me. <laughs> that inspired me to really I, it was one of the first times that I realized that, wow, we're really, we're pretty well known in this industry and we're able to provide a lot of resources. And I decided to com combine that passion or that, I guess, that urge to be able to provide creators, storytellers with tools to be able to lift their stories up to the mainstream and our talent for podcast research. And I just, went to a bunch of different breakout sessions at uh podcast movement that's where i met elsie escobar yeah uh, one of the sponsors she works at libsyn and they're one of the sponsors of the latino podcast listener report she encouraged me to keep networking i i was you know and it was like in a matter of two days i was telling people what i wanted to do i work for edison research i want to do a latino podcast study that where we can measure all these things and and help people tell their stories everyone was like who is this kid, right? <laughs> you know, people were somewhat engaged, but for the most part, they were like, cool, like, nice to meet you, you know, until I met the right person. Someone overheard me introducing myself at the end of the night. It was another breakout se session, like meet and greet and stuff uh, for Latino podcasters. I, I managed to get into their DMs, so they invited me to their, to their meeting. And this one kid his name was lewis does a really cool horror podcast he was like gabe do you know martina martina castro and i was like no i don't i'm not i'm not really involved in the industry at this point yeah. and he was like well you should she has the same you know goals as you do i'll take you to her, her workshop the next day she was doing a workshop on emerging markets she was on a panel i ended up introducing myself after she was done and i said hey look i kind of want to do the study and she was like, what? Me too. So we this traded information. That's when she introduced us to Juleka. Martina Castro, by the way, is uh, the, the CEO of Adonde Media, in case you didn't know. Adonde, yeah. A huge fan of her and Juleka. They're both fantastic. And seeing their names on this report, seeing Libsyn with Elsie on there, standout group of supporters to make sure that this happened. Exactly. And that's really how it all started, taking it back to the origins. But that's that's so neat. It's you know, I think of Edison and to me, like, first off, survey data is so valuable. It's so funny because I was a podcast like I'm an ad tech guy. And so pixels and tags and all of that is like my bread and butter. But the more I dig into it, like 
it's so funny when somebody says something from like survey data and they get pushback. It's like, do you understand the scrutiny that goes into like being confident in saying that data? Podcasts, tag-based data, it's easy to get directional data and say that this is directional data. Survey data, you have to have filtered it. You have to be comfortable saying it. It has a lot of power. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of pressure to be right. I'm a huge fan of Edison. Tom and podcasting to me are like intertwined. That was the first time I knew that you didn't come from a podcasting background and that Edison, you joined Edison for research and then got interested in podcasting and then pushed for your passion to cover the Latino survey and found the right people. That's so cool. Is it not to jump around too much, but the the black listener survey that just came out, is it a similar story? Is there someone who championed that internally as well? Well, I think we got a lot of credit from the Latino Podcast Listener Report, and we had people who were interested in a Black Podcast Listener Report, one of them being SXM Media, who ended up being the sponsor of the Black Podcast Listener Report. So that was a lot easier. We were riding off the yeah. success of the Latino Podcast Listener Report, where people were really thirsty for this type of content. And it was something that I personally wanted to do as well, helping what some would say underserved communities in, in the podcasting world, help them continue to lift their voices, lift their stories up into the mainstream. So the data, the data is so different, right? When you break it down, when we look at the infinite dial, you know, top of mind, just because it just came out when we're recording this, but the black listener study, like the data around like where they find podcasts, social media was the top, I believe. And yeah. if the infinite dial, it is not the top. It's, it's not, super low or anything like that. But we look at this data and we forget that the host, the content, and the audience are three really powerful things that when you aggregate and you just say podcasts, when you say sounds profitable and something from NPR and you put them in the same sentence, right? Like that's a real wide avenue. So when you look at that and when you look at an Adonde Media podcast versus something I'm making or pod news or anything like that, it's a different audience. It's a different creator. It's a different everything, right? Subject matter, all of those things matter. So looking at the data so granularly is really exciting. And one thing you guys did, so the Latino report, this is the second year, 2021 is the second year. You added something new this year. You did a non-listener report, right? Correct. Yeah, tell me about that. So non-listener report, we did have data for non-listeners back in 2020 as well. We just released, decided to put an effort into building a report of the non-listeners to kind of complement um, the, the listeners report. Um, and it's something also I've always wanted to do for Hispanic Heritage Month as well. And the non-listeners report really came, for me, came from the idea that, well, there's so many people picking up podcasts nowadays. The, the growth rate is so strong among the Latino population. And every population, you know, podcast is booming, that we might start to run out of non-listeners soon. <laughs> so I decided to uh, put in an idea internally to see if we can do some video. And that was, that was the game changer. We wanted to start off this year within our heads that we were going to do a non-listener report and actually do some qualitative information uh, behind that. And since podcast isn't growing at this incredible rate, we kind of wanted to also complement that and, and help people understand how they can reach non-listeners, how they can grow their podcast, because those people are to be, you know, underestimated. Yeah. 
those people are, are going to be podcast listeners soon if things continue at the rate that they're you know currently at it's so attractive to me to think about it when people are in podcasting you're like serial was like my first big podcast i had listened to a few things before that half of them are things that a young white male listening to podcasts in new york uh in his early 20s is embarrassed to talk about out loud Um, (laughs) but you know you you find a few that just stick with you and they are memorable and they hold you in forever and those podcasts that pull you in and make you a podcast listener they're really important they shape your path through there so you know that non-listener thing is is really critical when i asked tom to get me some data around facebook the overlap between non-listeners and facebook we found that that was like really high and so these avenues to acquire these non-listeners, if you can put in the effort to acquire a non-listener, you are very likely to create a super fan for at least your content. You're very likely to pull them in. People get tied and have a, a nostalgic association with the brand, with the show, with the network, whatever it is, and you get a really strong fan. So we can all fight to be everybody's fourth favorite podcast, or we can fight to be the show that pulls somebody new in. So that non-listener data, to me, Edison's data is, is so powerful. I, I'm so amazed with the amount of data that you guys put out there. The fact that the sponsors help make it freely available. It should be a core of almost everybody's deck in this space, right? It's unbiased. You're not selling anything competing with the data in that deck, right? Everybody should be reading these reports and looking at how do I capture that non-listener? And uh, I just love it. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. I mean, I'm still listening to Latino USA. And that was the first podcast that I listened to. So you're going to fall in the, it's a great first impression for podcasting if you're, if you're able to be the first impressor. Yeah. So we have the non-listener and, and what's really neat about that is you're saying that eventually non-listener is going to go away. We have the, the core Latino, we have the black listener podcast. We're going to, I assume going to have a black non-listener podcast report. Maybe, maybe down the road. We, we don't, we're not sure yet. We're, we've got a lot of things planned and, and hopefully we can carry them out. We can make them happen, but not too short. Maybe a secondary report for a black podcast listener report would be something else that suits that, that uh, demographic a little bit better, but we'll see. Will we be exploring other uh, races and ethnicities? I really wish that we would be able to, and I'm going to try my best. But the way sometimes things work here at Survey Research can get pretty expensive yeah. for a smaller demographic than if you're, for example, if you want to do an Asian podcast, listen to report, which I, I would love to do the sample size to get the 2,500 people in a sample of these listeners would be pretty expensive. And we would have to find the best funders who would hold like a, a major stake in that type of research. So if anyone is listening and is interested, let us know. (laughs) That's like a really key point here. I think that people don't realize how accessible Edison is. You guys get up on stage, you present these reports, you give all, all this great information in webinar and PDF format. Anybody, if enough people get together and represent a group and want a research study done, Edison wants to do those. It's about time, obviously. And surprisingly, Gabe, it's a small team, right? For for the audio side? Yeah, for the podcast side, we'll have maybe three, four people working on it all at one time. And, and you're right, it is difficult to do these types of projects. Uh, yeah. And the thing that keeps me going for the Black Podcast Listener Report, you know, I was 
having even like doubts the week before we really published it. Am I working too hard on this? It's, it's free data that we're going to release. Are we, are we going to get anything out of it? And should I be working on paid projects, things that people are directly paying for a little bit more? I say, no, I mean, this is, this is really what I like to do. This is what I'm passionate about. And since I've been working on it, I, I want people to be able to use this as a tool. And when I first, I actually did a little sneak preview at the Afros and audio, audio conference. And that for me was uh, so rewarding to just be able to present the data directly to podcasters, to creators, people who hold a stake in this community and to see how grateful and thankful they were i was like well i'm gonna do this again next year i, I really want to push for again for this next year so uh that, those are the things that keep me going people are really like grateful and, and to see how they we use are. the numbers yeah it's so powerful we need this data right like i think the data that we get out of attribution and analytics companies is awesome and i think that the data we get out of research like research based data that we get out of for a specific brand is is definitely cool. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like Edison talks about podcasting and I hope more people come to Edison and say, we'd like to do this report all together. We think it's really valuable. We want to back it. We want to sponsor it because if we're going to focus on the openness of podcasting and the ability for us to grow, we really need to remember that we need that open data. We have to take as much bias out of it as possible and that's expensive. So I, it means a lot to me that you're as passionate about it, I, I mean, probably more so than I am, that like we need this free data. We need to make it accessible. We need someone to pull that report and say, I can speak to this voice. I represent and as associate with this these characteristics, and I want to get in front of this audience, and now I have the data to justify it. I can make a pitch, I can make a show, and I can go get funding, and I can absolutely become a voice for that community, a voice in that market that resonates. Without that Edison research data, all the person can say is, I think we don't have enough great Hispanic or Latino podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's not enough, right? Yeah. That's That doesn't cover enough. That doesn't sell it. So every time you do that report, while the dollar signs might not come in um, <laughs> immediately from that, I think you guys should feel comfortable asking. And, and basically anybody listening to this, if that report from Edison helped, like ones that Gabe's worked on or anything from Edison has helped you improve your business, let Edison know. That's awesome feedback. Yeah, that's something that, that I've wanted to work on as well, testimonials from people. I recently spoke to someone um, who started the Juan Diego Network, a podcast company that focuses on religion and Catholicism. Now he's trying to expand off to, to a new world he he was so thankful uh, we had a little conversation and he was saying he was pitching it to notre dame and they were getting ready to, it was a contest almost for uh, to figure out and he listens to this podcast that's how he, he met me so i hope i got i get his story right but he, he was pitching that he wanted to start a podcast network that was catholic based spanish based and he didn't really have the data to to do it and, and and during this like pitching you know session maybe it lasted about a month or two the latino podcast listener report just so happened to come out before he did his final pitch so what he did went straight to the powerpoint took all the data there and pretty much presented it and now he is the the founder of that network 
Yeah, and he, that's so cool. So that's that's what I'm happy. I'm happy to see those kinds of things too. So yeah, I think I think Edison to me. So when I was at Barometric, which was acquired by Claritas, when I was at Megaphone afterwards, Edison was just it. It, it was podcasting. We just thought about it. It was there. It was free. We didn't understand yeah. what went into it. I think that you guys are so amazing at telling the story about your data, but I, I encourage you to tell the story about you, right? Like, I want to hear about the Edison team. I want to know what the steps go into that process. And I want to know that you want to hear the success stories of what your data led to. Because I guarantee you, everybody in this space, in the business side of this space, has a positive story about how they use a piece of Edison data to win a deal, to start a business to successfully explore something new that they had a ton of pushback against. And I think we need to give that to the Edison team, but I think we need to hear from you that you want it. So I really, of course. maybe the next the next report, we do a holiday or an April Fool's report where it's all about Edison. <laughs> we want to hear what you guys listen to. We want to hear what you guys need. No, that that would but, be amazing. We have to, yeah, let us know if you, um, I'm sure there'll be, you'll mention a way for people to connect to us give us a shout out on Twitter, give us a shout out on LinkedIn, whatever it is, or just straight up email us and let us know how it's, it's affected that our data has affected your, your work and, and your lives. And if you ever find a need for any other type of help, like brand lift studies, listener studies, um, we can help with that as well. And we even have a free listener study, a listener survey template that you can use on edisonresearch.com to do your own survey because, and that's why I encourage everyone to do, you know, we, we release these reports on macro level data on the Latino population as a whole and the black population as a whole. But if you, you're not doing your own listener study, you might be missing out on opportunities or different types of metrics that could add value to your podcast specifically. So definitely do your own listener survey. And if you need help, check out our template on edisonresearch.com. So I mentioned this at the top, but I love Gabriel's story of how he got involved in the podcast space because it reminds me a bit of how I got involved in the podcast space, which is just that I had an idea for something and I wanted to do it and I did it. And he was like, yep, I love data, but also I'm listening to podcasts that cater to me and I want to know more about that. And I want to know more about the people that are listening to Latino USA. And so he started on this journey of collecting data and then pitching. And I thought that was really cool. I love that a lot. When, How many years ago did you start in podcasting? Same as him. I started Earbuds Podcast Collective in February of 2017, going on five years. So it, like this is so interesting to think about, right? Like podcasting is 15 to 20 years old, right? And, and we can still in the last four years, almost five years now for you. Congratulations. Very excited. We're going to have a party. Uh, Stay tuned. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to hopefully in person if things mm -hmm. clear up. That's amazing that five years ago, you get to like break into this space. Like you're a well-known name in this space, right? Like, I mean, I've been behind the scenes forever and sounds profitable in September, 2020 got to pop up and you know, I'm, I'm visible in this space. I get to be a part of it. I, I even believe today that people can become a name in this space or pivot their company into the space because podcasting is got everybody's attention. Not everyone is driving a company into it. Not everyone right. is headed that direction yet. And anybody who is interested in podcasting at a company that isn't fully focused on podcasting or not focusing on the areas you want, very likely could be the person that brings your company or brings your team into that focus. I mean, we just, the, the last week's article was Adam uh, McNeil, McNeil from uh, Fume and like what a cool story. He 
loved podcasting, his avenue for marketing fell apart and he got a pitch for running it on podcast ads. And now he runs podcasting. It's like six times the budget that he was dealing with previously. And it's all in podcasting and it's got amazing returns. So I think the story that I really want to impart there is that like, if you're listening to this and you don't feel like you've made it in podcasting, you're at a company that you don't feel like has entered podcasting yet, like still time. This is still early days on like the professionalness of it, the openness of it. Yeah, absolutely. I want to reiterate something that Gabriel said, which is that if you've gotten something out of the data that Edison Research has provided over the years, you should let them know. Because they're working really hard on this and they want to know where it's going. Brian, what is a piece of data that sticks in your mind from Edison? So recently I've been reading through the Black Listener report and I was amazed to see the difference in social media as how people find out about new podcasts. Mm. And if you look at some of the other ones, like social media is definitely still in like the top five, maybe even top three for some of them. But I believe in the Black Listener report, it was number one. And we, you know, the amount of people out there, the gurus saying things like, ah, don't advertise in social media or don't do these things and like definitive things like you got to know your audience. You got to know them inside and out. You got to know the people that you want to acquire. And this type of research helps us understand them better. So I really feel like until that report, we've been told social media advertising doesn't work for podcasting and, and maybe the advertising doesn't. But I think the narrower focus there really is if the audience resonates with social media and the podcast resonates with that audience, then it can work. Right. There's there's no magic solution to everything, but this data can let you know what's my laser focus and how do I take advantage of it? So that one really stood out for me. Yeah. And that's just reiterating the fact that you need to look at these reports and before you make a decision about where you're going to spend your ad dollars, figure out who your audience is and how you want to get the information to them, how you want to get those ads to them. So definitely, I mean, Edison Research is the backbone of so much of the podcast industry. And a lot of people don't even realize how important that is. I mean, for me, whenever I'm making a deck of, of a new podcast or helping somebody else with a deck, I always use screenshots from Edison Research about their data to show how impactful audio is or to show the audiences that you may reach if you if you go in this direction with your show or if you if you try to work on a show in this genre. There's just so much out there and I, I don't think a lot of people realize how impactful Edison is. Another thing that Gabriel said that I want to reiterate and I know you're going to agree with me on this one, Brian, because you did a whole article on this a few months ago, is that you should use the listener survey template to do your own survey for your listeners if you're a publisher. Yeah, and we did the one for Sounds Profitable, and we have the data back. I'm waiting on some benchmark numbers because we, we got under 100 people responding, but we hit the percentages we were expecting based on the audience that we have for the podcast. Really excited about that. So like, it, it adds value. And, and I really think it's going to be something that, yeah. you know, I'm going to learn from. Ian's going to, I'm going to get his commentary on it too. I think one of the comments where people don't super care for the music. Uh, and so we're going to take that to heart. We're going to mm. see what we can do and change it. And, interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of great feedback, a lot of things that you just need to learn about. And, and Tom made a great point in one of his I Hear Things articles really highlighting that like, Survey data is useful, but survey data is only from people who are super fans of your podcast who chose to take the survey. Right. So you can't keep, yeah, you can't They've keep tailoring it. it down just to them, but you can make some changes that don't negatively hurt other people. Is the music too fun for you listeners? Do you want something more boring? Yeah, tweet at Ariel <laughs> for that on uh, uh, on Twitter and let's uh, let's hear your thoughts on the music. I want to I want to hear directly to Ariel. Yeah, would love to know. 
It's the first time I'm hearing about it. It always gets me going. (laughs) Yeah, I think just to go back to that, you as a publisher might be missing out on some metrics that could help you understand your audience. And you might be able to tailor your next episode or your next season in a direction that you didn't know you needed to go in after getting that data. So Brian, where can people go to find the listener survey template? Yeah, we'll put a link to the article I wrote about it in the episode description, and it'll just link you out right to Edison. They have the free template there. You can customize it yourself. And I I highly recommend working with them. It's only a few thousand dollars to have them do it for you. And you get that beautiful Edison stamp of approval, which uh, might seem kind of goofy, but having your data vetted by a third party like Edison, it, it just adds weight to what you're trying to get across. Not goofy at all. So Brian, to close us out, you forgot to ask Gabriel what he's I been did. listening to lately, which you've been doing at the end of each of your interviews. So Gabriel, if you're listening, let us know. Tweet at us at Sounds Prof News. We'd love to know what you've been listening to lately beyond Latino USA. What else is in your queue? Before we wrap up, here's what's happening this week in the world of podcasting with James Cridlin at Pod News. If you want to connect or have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on social media at Sounds Prof News, at Brian Barletta, or at Ari This and That on Twitter, podcast at soundsprofitable.com for email, or you can reach out to us via the Yappa link in the show's description. This show is recorded with Squadcast, and today I'm going to actually give you a promo code. If you go in the month of December and use Merry Squadcast 21, you get 50% off their annual plans. I use Squadcast for all my audio and video recordings, and I have never used a better product. Go to squadcast.fm for more information. Check out the private feed on Supercast if you haven't already. For access to narrated articles, early drops of the interviews, and Sounds Profitable and Espanol. There's a link in the episode description. Thank you to Evo Terra and Ian Powell for their help on this episode. 